You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! All right, you bastards. This is the S machine. Okay, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Damn it! People always talk about addiction, and and whenever somebody talks about addiction, everybody always assumes that it's going to be some kind of drug thing. But people become addicted to a lot of things. I mean, it's a there's a gambling addiction. That's an, that's an, a big addiction, right? You know, you have people gambling their life savings, gambling, losing their marriages, losing their house, losing their job. Bam! Sex addiction. You know, sex addictionism is is a big thing too. Same thing. Lose your marriage, lose your house, catch a disease, get someone pregnant or get pregnant when you didn't want to. All sorts of things that come into play. And people take those seriously. And of course, the king of all of those things is drug addiction. People take that seriously. You see people, you know, with the teeth knocked out, doing selling sex and robbing people and doing all sorts of horrible things. But I'm telling you, man, addiction is bad no matter what. Because food addiction is is a bad thing. You know, when you have somebody, like when I got heavy and a friend of mine got heavy, I think we were f- addicted to food. I think that was a real thing, you know, because anytime somebody says this action is going to hurt you, there's no chance it's not going to hurt you. There's an entire history of the human race that says these actions are going to hurt you. And that's that. And you go, <laughs> I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. You got it. You're an addicted person, damn it. And that's the way it is. I'll tell you how bad it got. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm telling this fucking story. Uh, in fact, it's not about me. Uh, <clears throat> it's about a friend of mine and another friend who is not me. And uh, he's he's also a comedian. He, he does podcasts too, it's, but it's definitely not me. It's a friend of mine. Uh, his name is uh, uh, F. Manthony Jamas. Uh, yeah, because th- I know that sounds, we're, we're good friends because he has a name that sounds like mine. I'm S. Anthony Thomas, and that guy's F. Manthony Jamas, or whatever made-up name I just said that I forgot already and can't do this. Okay, I gotta admit it was me. So, I'm working, a friend of mine, are work, we're working in this, uh, working in the club, and we're in the, we're, we're in the hotel when we had a condo together. And, uh, I was a headliner, he it was, actually, it was a double headliner show, we're both headliners, uh, at, the, at this place, and we had an MC. Uh, who was local, so he went back to his, his own place. So we're doing the shows, and both of us are, you know, are like really big dudes, way bigger than I am now. I'm still trying to lose the rest of this weight to get back in shape, but I was big then, and he was about as big. He was actually a little bigger than me. Uh, so, you know, and we're both sitting there going, man, this is ridiculous, man. You and I both know we're young guys. We should be getting in shape. We should be healthy, and we're eating this garbage. This is ridiculous, and we're just sitting there. And now keep in mind, we're eating pizza while we're having this conversation. Yeah, this is wrong, Glug. You give me that the double anchovy over there with the with the mega cheese thing. Yeah, and give me the triple cheesy sticks. So we're talking about how we need to eat healthy while we're eating some of the worst crap buffalo chicken pizza. I mean, this is all sorts of crap. Bought more than we needed, you know. And so we and we ate the pizza. I mean, we ate two pizzas, you know, and uh, and and all this soda. And we're sitting there going, oh, you know, you got your stomach is all full from eating too much and too feel like, oh god. And here's the thing: in addition to the two pizzas, our dumbasses bought a thing of of uh, cupcakes. Think about this: two big fat guys in a hotel room, comp- 
talking to each other back and forth about we need to lose weight, damn it, and get control of our health. We're too, you, you know, we're, this is wrong, damn it, and still ate the pizzas. So there's the cupcakes there, and we're looking at the cupcakes. Then we both just ate a pizza piece and shared a three-liter soda, and we're looking at the cupcakes like, yeah, let's get some of that, even though we're already stuffed. Now, if that's not food addiction, I don't know what is, because you're full already. We were full. We were both full, and we're still looking at the cupcakes like, I'm going to tear those up. So I said, dude, this is ridiculous, man. I said, let's just make this the time. Let's just, we got to start now. You know, we can't do the kind of thing where, you know, you go, well, next, well, since this is Thursday, uh, and I'll eat what I want Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday, I'll, I'll, you know, the football's on, so I'll eat what I want then, and we'll start fresh Monday. I said, no, no, let's start this right now, man. Let's start this right now. This is the best time to start, because, you know, if we start now, instead of waiting until Monday or Tuesday or whatever, you know, eventually we're going to hit the goal of getting into the kind of shape we, we like. And the more time we spend on this side of the goal, that's five days of being in shape that we wouldn't have had on the other side. That's five more days of looking good, five more days of being healthy, five more days of, you know, of feeling great. And he's like, yeah, man, let's just do it. I was like, all right, we're going to start with these damn cupcakes. We are not going to eat more than one of these cupcakes each. Yeah, we ate one cupcake each. Shut up. Don't judge me, you bastards. So now we eat the cupcakes, and there were 12 of them, and they weren't small. <laughs> I don't know why. We, I, don't, I laugh now at the picture of myself that size, having choked down, <laughs> choked down a pizza and a, a liter and a half of soda and still ate the damn cupcake after that speech I just gave, right? So I'm like, you know what? Even though I just said we should start now, let me be a complete hypocrite and bust up one of these cupcakes. And he ate one of the cupcakes. And I said, all right, that's it. This is really it. This is it, damn it. No more. No. So I took the cupcakes and I said, I'll be right back. And I went downstairs. And this was a really, really ridiculously clean hotel. Well, it was actually a condo. And I mean, to the point where after the trash truck comes up, the person, I mean, they actually had people scrub the trash cans to the point where they looked like they were new trash cans. So I go down and I'm going, is these the same trash cans? I said, it doesn't matter. I took the lid off and I throw the cupcake in there. Yeah, put the lid back down. And I turn around and he's behind me. And I'm going, I don't need help throwing cupcakes into a trash can, dude. What are you doing? Yeah, I know, man, you know. I just came down to get a soda. I'm like, and I, first of all, I believed him because I wasn't really paying attention. So I started to walk away and I went, wait a second. We both drank a liter and a half of soda. This bastard is, wait a second. I bet he's going after them damn cupcakes. I go back there. His big ass is in the trash can grabbing the cupcakes. And I walk behind him and I tap him on the shoulder. He's like, huh, what? I'm going, dude. He goes, yeah. I said, you just dug in the trash can for cupcakes? And he goes, well, look at the can, man. The can is clean. This is a brand new plastic bag. The only thing in there is some newspapers and stuff. There's no food in the trash can. So t and, the, and the cupcakes, the, the case was kind of open, but it was also kind of closed. So I don't really think the cupcakes touched anything. So technically, I mean, we did spend like $7 on these cupcakes, and I don't see any reason why we should, you know, I mean, we could, like I said, man, you know, we ate one of the cupcakes, and they were really good. So there's no reason we should do, we should finish these cup. This is ridiculous, man. I said, dude. Look at look at what you're doing. You dug in a trash can to get cupcakes after eating a pizza and a liter and a half of soda. Come on, man. He goes, oh, you're right, man. I don't know. I'm weakening, man. I said, I said we're both kind. Of, I guess we both kind of have a a, a low level food addiction because this is ridiculous. You know, maybe it's habit or whatever. But this is come on, man. You can't come on. 
So I took the cupcakes, right? And I closed the lid on them and I put them on the ground and I stomped them. I stomped the hell out of those cupcakes. I stomped them till they were flat. And I picked the cupcake container and I threw it back in the trash can. I said, see, man, now the decision is made. Now it's over. And he goes, yeah, man, I just need to think. I, I really, I don't even know what I was doing, man. I, I just... I just need a couple of minutes to myself. I can't believe I just I just did that. I'm like, don't worry about it, man. He said, and I know what you mean. You said, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna go upstairs, man, you know, and um and I'm gonna order that I'm gonna order that fight that you we were gonna watch, all right? Because I think it's gonna start soon. Or I know the replay's gonna start soon. That's why I didn't let anybody tell us what happened at the fight, which is I'm surprised we got back to the to the condo with everybody keeping their mouth shut about what happened at the fight. So I go back upstairs and I order the fight up, boop, 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 boop. And some time has passed and it's been a while. I'm going, wait a second. Hold it a second. This guy is not one of those guys that contemplates things. He is not introspective at all. He needs a few seconds for himself. I go back downstairs. This bastard had taken the smashed cupcakes back out of the trash can, opened them up. I had stomped them. Didn't matter. Open, opened them up and had eaten all 10 of the remaining cupcakes. 10 smashed cupcakes. He ate them. And I'm walking around, and I, I didn't even approach him quickly. I was just walking towards him slowly. And I had this look on my face like, dude, really? And he's, he's still, he's on his knees finishing them up. We're rubbing his hands in the tent, licking his fingers. I'm going, oh, my God, dude. And he, and he kind of, I guess he kind of felt me behind him before he realized I was, before he saw me, he kind of turned around and looked up at me. And he had, like, chocolate on his face and shit. And I'm going, oh, dude. And he goes, sorry, yes, man, but you know what I mean, you know. I said, dude. Seriously. All the stuff we ate. We just talked about how we wanted to be healthy and all this kind of stuff. You know, and I thought you were serious about it. I mean, you know, it's your, you're a grown man. It's your life and everything. But come on, dog. I just, I mean, you, you took them out the trash can once. You thought that wasn't humiliating enough. I stomped the cupcakes, put them back in the trash can. You dug back in the same trash can and took stomped cupcakes out and ate them. But they were so good, man. You know how good they were. And I'm saying, dude. Did you even think, think about, just think for a minute. Did you even contemplate, did you think at all when you were eating those cupcakes that I might have wanted some of that shit? Give me that 10, you bastard. Okay, I picked the 10 up. I didn't eat anything out of it, but I was looking at it like, yeah. Well, he had actually all, or eaten all the damn cupcakes out of that. I, I might have eaten one of them, but I didn't because he ate all of them. And then he went upstairs and vomited in the tub. But the shows went great. <laughs> so if you think if you think you can't get addicted to something, anything that you can go, anything that you go, I don't need that crap. And it's like that thing is calling you and drags your ass back to it. You're addicted to that. It could be a person. It could be food. It could be drugs. It could be anything. Whatever it is, whatever you need to do, do whatever that is to stop being addicted because you don't need to be addicted to anything. Nothing. Especially not smashed cupcakes on the ground in a condo. By the way, I, like I said, I didn't actually eat any cupcakes. Now, granted, I was moving towards them to eat them, but technically, I did not eat any of the smashed cupcakes. So, <laughs> why did I? Why did? Why did I put this in the podcast? It's going to be a lot of people hearing this. This is what the hell was I thinking? I need help. Okay, you bastards, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Tony Dungy. <laughs> I 
I, I was actually going on Twitter and I was actually looking up to see uh, what people were feeling about something else. And I looked to the left and I saw Tony Dungy in the trending topics. And I'm thinking, well, he's not, I haven't heard anything about him being in bad health. And I don't think he's not the kind of person that would do something ridiculous. So why is he trending? Did he say something outrageous? Let's find out. And I go and find out that he said that, I'm basically paraphrasing. He said that he would not have picked Michael Sam because he, would, he wouldn't want to deal with the distractions and all of that kind of silliness, which to me sounds like one of the biggest cop-outs I've ever heard in my life. Look, dude, if it's because of religious grounds you don't want him on the team, you wouldn't have drafted him. Just say that. Just say that. We know that's what it is. To say that, dude, oh, I wouldn't want him on the team because I, you know, I wouldn't draft him because of the distractions. This is the NFL, the biggest sport by far in the entire country the biggest sports stars in the country are in the nfl the most notable players are in the nfl there's no such thing as a big distraction in the nfl the nfl has had teams that have murderers on them you know they've had rapists on them and rape trials and you know things looked and that and the team just kept playing and that was it no big deal in fact you can't say that you're worried about distractions because quite frankly if you bring on a team a gigantic super talented free agent or you do trade for somebody that's a, a mega talent from someplace else who wanted to get out, you're going to get a big distraction. I can think of it back in my hometown of Philadelphia when Terrell Owens came to the Philadelphia Eagles. That was a big distraction. Now, the Eagles at that point was the Donovan McNabb and the boys team, and there was some, some other leaders and all of that kind of thing. But it was a, a team unit. And when the team came on the field, you'd get your indivi they'd get their individual cheers. But for the most part, when the Eagles played, you'd hear, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! It was about the team. Terrell Owens comes and it's T-O, 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 T-O. It was more of that than E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. Everybody was interviewing Terrell Owens. Everybody wanted to find out what Terrell Owens was eating. Everybody followed Terrell. What's he driving? He Did he sneeze? What kind of sneeze was it? And it was all about Terrell Owens when he went there. You don't think that's a distraction? And that's the, that's the case if you bring in any major free agent onto any team. Huge distraction. Multiple uh, multiple times the, uh, the 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 press, multiple times the questions about that specific individual, even though there are other things to deal with on the team, it's going to be a big distraction. But guess what? The Eagles went to the Super Bowl that year. Of course, it all fell apart the next year because of TLTLTLTLTL, but that's a different story. But those, like I said, those things happen. There's always going to be distractions. You know, you don't think uh, the Patriots were uh, distracted by having one of their players, uh, I don't know, murder a bunch of people? You know, or, or Ben Roethlisberger going through his uh, rape uh, accusations and all of those things. But those teams kept on going. It's the NFL. It's always going to happen when, there's, when you have a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of power. That's going to happen. So, yes, would there have been a distraction to have a gay dude in the locker room? Sure. There'd have been some idiots who didn't like it. There'd have been some guys that jumped out of the shower uh, when he showed up. There, there might have been some snickering off into the corner. But the first time he goes out there and knocks a quarterback on his ass... Everybody's going to go, well, he's gay, but shit, fuck it. You know, people like to win, man. Now, people got upset with Tony Dungy for saying what he said. And I was I was I wasn't surprised because I know he's a, a, a religious guy. And I know that religious people in many cases are not exactly the biggest fans of gay people. But I didn't think it would override uh, drafting someone who could play. <laughs> Please. You know, usually, like I said, they'll they'll draft they'll draft people who do drop kick their last coach if we can tackle. 
but I, I started this, I kind of sat back and I thought about it. And I, and I remember an earlier podcast I did about Michael Sam when he initially came out of the closet and how his teammates rallied around them and they had a great season and all that kind of stuff. But I started to think about it and I thought, you know, this is a big thing of uh, the first openly gay play, player coming into the NFL. You know, it's not as big as Jackie Robinson. It's not as big as Barack Obama becoming president. It's not as big as the first NFL black coach winning the Super Bowl. It's not as big as those things, I don't think, in, in so far as, you know, the oppression that happened to people of color because people of color, you can immediately tell that somebody's black. You can't immediately tell somebody's gay in most cases. There's no closet to come out as a black guy. I can't go to my friends and go, you know, guys, I want to let you know you guys know me for decades and I want to let you know right now that I am a black guy. What? You're a black ass Anthony? Yes. I hope you can accept it. But when I look at what Tony Dungy said, I realized, and I remember, like I said in an earlier podcast, I talked about how this guy was supposed to be drafted, meaning Michael Sam was supposed to be drafted at much, much higher than, I think he was drafted in the seventh round of some ridiculously high, latent uh, a draft pick. And there was no difference between how he played before he was, everyone knew he was gay and afterward. Which means that other people felt exactly the same way that Tony Dungy felt. They felt the same way. They allowed this, this, this man's draft stock to drop, which it wouldn't have happened had he not said anything. Had he decided to lie about who he was and live in a closet and have to have the fear of idiots ruining his life and making a real distraction during the course of the season or during the course of his career. He'd have to lie about who he was for a decade or so if he was lucky enough to play in the NFL for that long because of other people being idiots. And when I think about that, I think in terms of... Now, I'm not equating you know this with civil rights. I'm just using the comparison for a specific reason, so don't send me any emails going, it's not the same thing. I know it's not the same thing, so don't, don't send me that stupid shit. But when you think about the civil rights era, you, thought, you think about the Freedom Riders and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Medgar Evers and many other people, Rosa Parks, who were on the front lines of things. Those were the people that had the intestinal and societal fortitude to take the slings and arrows that came with being the point person for this specific movement. They were in the right place. They were the right people to move things forward. They had the strength to do it. There were many people who felt in the civil rights era, and, and just like in now, that they wanted positive change for themselves, for their people, for their children, but they weren't strong enough or the right person had the right... Um, mental attitude, the right, whatever, to go out and march. They weren't at the March on Washington. They weren't on the bus for the Freedom Rides. They weren't sitting at counters and getting cracked over the head. They weren't putting, they weren't the one that put their children in school first, knowing that they were going to have to have the National Guard out there to protect their child. And all their child wanted to do was go in school and red is red and RVD spells red two times two was four. All the kid wanted to do was go to school. Have the people shaking the buses. Somebody had to do that. And there were many people who wanted to do that, but didn't have it in them to do that. They weren't the right person. They weren't called to be the person to make the move. And I think that's the case with Tony Dungy. I think that he was just letting you know whether that's exactly what he was saying. Or not. He was not the person that was strong enough to make that move. He couldn't handle it. His religion didn't, doesn't allow him to handle it. And the simple fact that he said, I wouldn't want those kind of distractions. I would never tell somebody that I wasn't strong enough in this specific instance, to handle the distraction of extra press and some extra questions, having a gay guy coming on my team. I wouldn't give a crap. I would go, I picked the best player, and if he's gay, I don't care. 
You got a problem with it? That's your problem. I'm here to talk about football. What he does in his own life is none of my business unless it's illegal. Just like with the people, just like with the straight players. What he does in his own personal life is none of my business. You don't ask me who the straight guys are having sex with. You don't ask me about that. So don't ask me about this. I coach football. This person is a good player or not a good player. Ask me about that. And that's what I would have said. And I would have enforced it because I wouldn't have minded taking the slings and arrows. It takes a special kind of person to do that. Now, I'm not saying he's a horrible guy, but I would say that I'm disappointed in this. I, I could say that. I could say that I'm disappointed. Now, a lot of people were talking about the simple fact that he was so helpful to Michael Vick when Michael Vick during his dog fighting situation. And and that I that, that there is some truth to that. You know, keep in mind what Michael Vick did was illegal. And you forgave an illegal guy and went out of your way to help a guy that did something illegal. Now actually I like Mike Vick and he was a the player back in Philadelphia back in Philadelphia for the Eagles, so I, I supported the fact that he played, but I I could I love animals, so I hated what he did. But if you can overlook that, if you can overlook a guy doing what he was allegedly had done and went to jail for and was vilified for and continues to be vilified for it by some people to this day, if you can overlook that and forgive that, how can you not overlook someone not doing something that isn't illegal in his personal life, being who he was born to be? I know enough gay people and they've all told me the same thing, whether they be in my family, whether they be friends of mine, whether they be people I work with. They all told me the same thing. They were always gay. They just didn't tell anybody. They were born that way. And there's nothing wrong with being born that way. Just like there's nothing wrong with you being born whatever way you are. I wouldn't allow it to make me make a decision on who a person is by based on something that isn't wrong in the first place. I couldn't do it. I just think that Tony Dungy might be, like I said, he, he was just not the guy or the type of person that could handle that because of religious reasons or because he just couldn't handle it. There has to be the person inside the organizations there has to be, or societally who can handle the pressure and think that making this move is important enough that they can take whatever you can dish out at them or they're the kind of person that just doesn't care about what someone does in their personal life. I want the best football player. That's what I want. It doesn't matter what he does at home. You know? I think in terms of the person that put the first black coach in football or the first black player in baseball or basketball, there had to have been the person that goes... I believe this is the right thing to do and I don't give a damn what other people say. I'm going to do the right thing no matter what. You got a problem with it? Too bad. I just don't think Tony Dungy's that guy. And judging by the fact that Michael Sam was drafted so late, there's a lot of guys have felt the same way. They took money out of this kid's pocket. This kid would have made a lot more money over the course of his career had he been drafted higher. And the only reason he's not making the kind of money he would have made is because he came out and told the world who he was. That ought to tell you something right there. He knew he was going to lose money by saying this. He knew it. But it was more important for him to be who he actually is and to live his life openly and not have to hide who he cares about, hide who he loves, hide who he is for some money. Now, when you look at a person that does that, 
and you think in terms of the pressure as a coach you would have had, think about the pressure the kid had. Hmm? He sacrificed probably millions of dollars because he didn't want to not be who he was. What does that say? It says a lot about his character, doesn't it? Being who I am and loving who I want to love is more important to me than the millions of dollars I would have had. Seems to me that's the kind of person you'd want to fight for, right? Seems to me the kind of person that you'd want to have on your team. That's kind of a character thing. Being a good, being who I am and living my life the way I'm supposed to live it is more important than money. That's the kind of person that uh, works a little extra hard in the gym, isn't it? Works a little harder in the film room, right? That's the kind of person you would want on your team, dude. So, what I would say to many people is, I'm, I'm really not mad at Tony Dungy. I'm disappointed in Tony Dungy for what he said even though he's entitled to his opinion. And I don't think he should be treated like he's the worst person in the world because of it. I just happen to disagree with it. There's a lot of people that I know personally that are very religious who don't necessarily agree with, quote, what they refer to as the gay lifestyle, which is kind of a dumb thing to say. It's not like they went in, they, they go into a closet and pull out gayness off of a hanger and put it on. You know, it's not like they go to a voice, you know, I'm going to be gay, but only three months a year because it's my lifestyle. No, they're gay. They're, they're born gay. And that's it. And there's nothing wrong with it. So I don't hate Tony Dungy. I just disagree with him. I know for a fact that if I was in that situation, I wouldn't allow that to bother me. But then again, I wasn't born uh, with or, or raised with a prejudice against gay people. I never had it. I never experienced it, uh, discriminating against gay people or thinking less of them. I never felt that way. So, you know, even though there's a religious people around me, I refuse to be that type of person that would do that. So when it comes to Tony Dungy, you know, he deserves to have his opinion um, countered with the opposing opinion. But I wouldn't say he's the worst person in the world. I would just say that he's a person that I disagree with. I, I would say that he's a person that in this specific instance is on the wrong side of history. And uh, hopefully, at some point, we will look at moments like this when there's a whole bunch of gay players in the NFL. And quite frankly, there probably is now, but I mean, a whole bunch of go openly gay uh, players in the NFL. And we find out that it's really not that big of a deal. No one gives a crap. Everything's cool. No one cares. When that happens, it's going to be good. You know, when we're on our fifth black president, it's going to be good. When we're on our fifth woman president, it's going to be good. When we're on our fifth Latino president, uh, we're on our fifth Asian president. It's going to be good because it won't matter. Anymore. It'll be just about doing the job. Best person for the job just happens to be gay. Best person for the job just happens to be black. Best person for the job just happens to be a woman. Best person for the job just happens to be this or that. Once we move past that, that will be a wonderful and an, and an amazing uh, evolutionary step on a societal scale. And I can't wait for that day. Sorry, Mr. Dungy. I respect what you did on the field as a as a player. I respect what you did as a coach. But this decision right there, respectfully, I'm going to have to disagree with you. And we see a lot of things in the news now. Uh, you know, this poor this man got uh, was was killed uh, with a chokehold in New York City. I believe it was Staten Island. You know, people are getting shot. People are getting stopped and frisked. 
It's funny how people don't understand what that feels like because it's hard to understand what it feels like until it happens to you. When I was very, very young, was, that's when I moved to Los Angeles, and I always fit the profile. Young black man, between 5'8 and 5'11. He's this, I always fit the profile. You get stopped and frisked on a regular basis. Think, but think about how the, how that feels. Everybody has personal space, and when someone invades your personal space, it's uncomfortable. It's not a fun thing, you know. But that's just somebody getting too close to you in an elevator, or some, or someone uh, not paying attention to where they're walking, or or someone getting too close to you when you you know, or standing in the urinal next to you, and like when there's sixteen urinals on either side, that's uncomfortable enough. But those breaches of personal space will lead to nothing more than being uncomfortable. And what's different as a woman, a breach of personal space is more of a physical threat, but for the most part, it's just an uncomfortable feeling to have someone being too close to you because there's a personal space. But when you stopped and frisked and you did nothing, there's the incredible breach of personal space, but it's a breach of personal space that could lead to an arrest. That could lead to you going to jail. For something you didn't do. Because Lord knows there are people sitting in that jail so that didn't do shit. There's a lot of people that did stuff. But even if it's just, even if it's just 1% of the people in jail that didn't do anything, that's way too many. When you think about the massive number of people that we put in jail in this country. Those are the kind of indignities that you get you go through when you're living in certain neighborhoods that you have to deal with on a regular basis. You should feel relieved when you see a police officer. And under, and under many circumstances you are. But also, if you are a young African-American male, and I was, you know what it's like to always fit the profile. You know how many times I've been walking to work early in the morning because I, was, I live far away from my job, and I've had several guns in my face, and I've been spun around, and hands on the car, and people put rifling through my pockets, and looking and checking my license, and going through my bags. You know how many times that's happened? Never broke a law, don't have any speeding tickets, nothing. Used to happen on a regular basis. You know what it's like to drive safely specifically because you know what's going to happen and also because you tend to be a safe driver anyway and you still get pulled over and you still have to sit on the side of the road for half an hour when you know damn well it takes about five to seven minutes at the most to check your record with your driver's license to find out whether you have tickets or not. So if it only takes five or seven minutes, why are you there for half an hour? I've been pulled over several times in the same block and that's not a joke. I got pulled over at the beginning of a block, sat there for a half an hour, knowing that I'm clean, knowing I have no tickets, no arrests, no nothing, nothing. Full coverage insurance, full tort, nothing. Half an hour. Get to the end of the other block, making a right turn on a green light, woo, illegal right turn. How is it an illegal right turn on a green light? Have to sit there for a half an hour. So that block took me an hour. I was a block away from my house. Went to the store. Now my food's cold. Now I'm an hour late. So I understand the indignities of that. And when you see people dying in the street, getting choked, the chokehold, getting shot a whole bunch of times, reaching for a wallet, 
And sometimes you'll turn on maybe YouTube or the news and you'll see someone that does not look like me will go off on the police officers and they'll get a, well, sir, you should watch out, have a nice day. Whereas I know for a fact that if I grab the steering wheel too too fast, there's a good chance I'm going to get a bullet in the back of my fucking head. That's what it's like. And it sucks. Now, it doesn't happen to me that often anymore. It actually hasn't happened to me in quite a while. Uh, the last time I got pulled over by a police officer, I actually did run a stop sign, but that's because the carpet in my car got unhooked and and I couldn't press down the brake. Police officer comes up to me. May I have your license and registration? Do you know what you did? I said, yeah, I ran a stoplight. I ran a stop sign. I said, look down. I said, look down on my car. The carpet popped up and and blocked the, uh, blocked the brakes. I couldn't hit the brake. So yeah, I know exactly what I did. I ran a stop sign. I didn't see you, but it doesn't matter. I ran a stop sign. Do what you got to do. And the officer gets goes back to his car. And then the other guy, the other officer in the passenger side gets out and he's looking all tense. Got the hand on the weapon. And, he, and they're looking at me. And I know that they're looking at me for body language to see whether or not I'm going to be nervous. You know what I did? I stretched my arms out. One arm was hanging out the window. The other arm was over the back seat of the passenger side as if there was a girl in it. I'm sitting there turning around. I'm, I'm bopping my head to the radio. Nope. Am I scared? Nope. I've taken ass weapons before. Not a problem. And if you shoot me, I'll be dead. So what difference does it fucking make? So am I going to be afraid? Fuck no. I'm also not going to give you an, I'm also not going to give you an opportunity to fuck me up by being smart. Nope. Not going to do it. You're going to get yes, sir. No, sir. And you're going to get politeness from me because I'm polite with everybody. That comes back. There's a little problem with your registration. I said, you might, I said, I said, officer, uh, I just got this car. Maybe she, if you don't mind, would you mind going back and uh, taking another look? I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in a hurry. It's not a big deal. So he goes back. He typed in the wrong number. He goes, you know what? Uh, actually, it was a, it was a, it was a typo on my part. Uh, you're good. Um, just be careful next time. You know what? I'm not going to give you a ticket. You know, I can see the carpet in your car and your car is up like that. You know, you're, you're honest about everything. You're, don't worry about it. I said, I really appreciate that, officer. Thank you. He gave me my license back. He said, all right, take care, Mr. Thomas. And he pulls off. That was a professional police officer. He had the right to give me a ticket because I did run the stoplight. Were there extenuating circumstances? Of course there were. The carpet, it was an, it was an accident. I'm a pretty safe driver. He saw the carpet popped up and he saw what happened. He took a look inside the car. Now, that interaction with the police officer, when I went home, I went, that guy was pretty cool because he could have given me a ticket. He chose not to. That's a police officer. He saw the situation, could have given me a ticket, checked out the extenuating circumstances, found out that I was cool, that I didn't have any tickets, that this, that car wasn't stolen, and he chose to not give me the ticket. And he had every right to. If the police officers were to behave like that on a regular basis, then people wouldn't hate their guts. And I'm not talking about every police officer. People don't hate every police officer. But if you live in a neighborhood, all you need is one cop. I shouldn't, one cop, maybe two cops that are assholes. And they can piss off everybody in the neighborhood and make you hate these people. And I don't hate police officers. I don't. I got, actually I have friends that are police officers and I definitely don't hate them. But I'm just saying, that's the interaction you get, you can have with the public. When I went home, I'm thinking I could have had a big ticket, but this guy was cool. Now, even if he gave me the ticket, I'm like, well, fuck it. I did run the stoplight, stop sign. Fuck it. But that's the interaction they should have with the public. I've seen him out there helping people. 
but I've also seen them fuck people up. So if you're the good cops and you see the cops that are fucking people up, you guys gotta you guys gotta get to these bastards. You gotta guys gotta point them and go, you're messing it up for us. We're doing our jobs. We're the ones that aren't fucking with people. You're the ones fucking with people. No one remembers the police officer that drives past them. That goes, okay, that guy was did a rolling stop, but fuck it. You don't see that police officer. The police officer that didn't give me the ticket. His only interaction was with me. It wasn't with a whole bunch of different people. I'm the only one that has a good positive reaction, uh, interaction with that guy. But what about the guys that are doing the bad stuff? They got to be called out. Every group that has people inside the group, whether it be police officers or any ethnic group or any neighborhood, if there's people doing bad stuff, you got to call them out. You got to let them know that it's not acceptable. You got to do it. You got to do it as a group. Look, man, you can't do that here. Because if you're the only one doing it, there's more bad people than, than one single person. If one single person is the one calling it out, then all the bad people dive on that person, shut them down, and then the, the problem continues. But if everybody goes, you are selling drugs on the block, get out. Yeah, what you going to do? No, no, no. Everybody wants you out. And then they look around and every other neighbor, you either stop that crap or get the hell out. Well, then they can't beat one person's ass or slash one person's tire or threaten one person. They'd have to threaten 60 people or 60 families, and they ain't going to do that. If it's one, if it's one Serpico calling out a bunch of uh, 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 five or six bad police officers and everybody else shuts up, what happens? He gets in trouble. He gets late assistance when he's at a, at a, at a call. He gets messed with. But if everyone goes, you did something wrong, you are messing it up for all of us, and it's everybody else, well, what are you going to do? Not help every police officer? Of course not. So when I see these things out there, man, and I hear the silence of the groups that have that bad element inside of it, no matter what the group is, you have to take responsibility for that because they're part of your group. They reflect you. Their bad behavior is louder than your silence. Their bad behavior is louder than your inaction. Right? Politics is the same way. If you have a small group of people who are doing horrible things and you sit back and let it happen because you're afraid of them, then you are them because you're just as bad as they are because you didn't do anything. So if you're part of a group and there's some bad actors in the group, whether you're a police officer, like I said, whether you're a police officer, whether you're a part of an ethnic group, whether you're part of a political party or part of a family, you got to get together, look at the people that are doing the bad things and shut them down quickly. Because if you don't, you get what you get. Hey, cats and kitties, dudes and dudettes. Have you noticed that everything in life is a damn battle? I mean, everything, man. I mean, think about it. From the moment you wake up, you battle sleep. You get up, you got to put your clothes on. You got to battle that feeling of not wanting to go to work. You know what I'm saying? You got to get into your car. You got to battle traffic. You got to go into the office. When you're in the office, you got to battle against the other employees because you're trying to get that bonus. You're trying to get that 
you know, that, uh, that, that rage, you're trying to keep your job, you got a battling traffic on the way back home, your kids are battling when you come home, you and your wife are battling because you want to get it on and she's too tired because she's been at home with the kids and you're trying to explain to her, yeah, well, I was working too, and then now, was, oh, so my job doesn't mean anything, huh? You don't need that. Oh, God, and if she works outside the home also, and let's be honest, most of the time she's probably going to do a little bit more with the kids, and that happens in many cases. You're battling about that, or if you do more with the kids as a guy, and then, then she's, then you, then you well, I was the one helping the kids. Let me get some booty. And you're battling. It's just nothing but a freaking battle every second of the day. And it sucks. If, if that's why people have to go on vacation all the time. You got to go on vacation because all you want to do is get away from the battle. You want to go someplace and sit on the beach and read a book and look at some water and look at some sand and... Try not to get caught looking at some woman's delicious ass while your wife's sitting right next to you, acting like she's looking at her Kindle, but she's actually seen and spotted that delicious ass walking down the beach and she wants to find out what your reaction to it is. And if you're an experienced married man, you know how to to, to, to peek at chicks' butts without getting in trouble because I'm a master at that. Even though I'm not a married guy, I have pre-learned how to do that because you don't want to have a battle while you're on vacation. Isn't that kind of sucky that you got to go, that you have to plot out when you're going to be happy during the course of your, your two years, of your, your year or whatever? I'm going to go on vacation to Hawaii for two weeks in August, and this is January, <laughs> right? So you're going, oh, it's going to be great. Near the end, of the, right at the end of summertime, I'm going to be happy for two weeks, but life's going to blow until then. So come on, life, kick my ass until August. You got to ask, that's what vacation is. You're basically going, my life blows, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to schedule some happiness at some point in the future. But I got to get out of this city. I don't want to be in the same city that I live in because there's no happiness here. I've lived here my entire life. I've never been happy here. So I probably have to go someplace else to be happy. Hey, let's go to Hawaii. That's still the United States, unless you're in Congress. That's still the United States. And let's fight. Let's be happy there. Let's be on the beach. And you go to Hawaii and you're happy for a little while. Until your kids start fighting and your wife actually catches you looking at some chick's ass and then you're in trouble and now you're battling on vacation. And then you realize, I ain't even got any happiness here. I spent five grand to get here and get this hotel room and get all of this and we're battling again. It sucks. It's always battling. Everything's a fight. You turn on the TV, you want to watch your sports, and then they're fighting. You turn on the news, and they're fighting. You read the newspaper, and they're fighting. You got countries fighting. Everything's a fight. Can't we just chill and just relax for a second? Can't we just smile for a second? Don't you feel kind of phony when you walk down the street and somebody smiles at you and they may even have a genuine smile on their face and you smile back at them and you feel like, hey, here's, here's my little bullshit smile. <laughs> there it is. And you know your smile's insincere because your life blows. <laughs> right? And you're looking at that person. Look at that person over there smiling. Rubbing their good life in my face. Look at them. Oh, bastard. And meanwhile, they're walking away. I can't believe that dumb bastard thought that fake-ass smile I just threw at him was real. I just smiled at him because I was trying to smile at the girl behind him. And then that girl behind him, that I smiled, that looked at me like I was a piece of shit. This, this sucks. <laughs> it's all battles, man. I just wish you could just... Like I said, just be just be happy for a minute. 
You know, just be happy. Because if you look at your life, sometimes you, you'll go through periods of your life where you're not happy for extended periods of time. You know, you go, yeah, I was happy that time. And then you realize that was like a two-hour period. You were happy that your team won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Then you realize you got to go to work Monday. Ew. So you can't even enjoy that. Why is it always a battle? Why we got to fight all the time? <laughs> If you actually sat back and looked at looked around and looked at your interactions with people that are closest to you and count the amount of times you have arguments during the course of the week, you'd be you'd be shocked by that number. And I'm talking about all arguments. I'm not just talking about the big arguments. I'm talking about the times when you snapped at each other and you felt kind of a little bit of a, ugh, when that person snapped at you, you kind of felt it. You weren't able to just blow it off. You kind of you were a little mad when you left. It was like they had the angry infection and they coughed on you and you got a little bit of that anger and you walked out of the room and you were infected with it a little bit. Then you carried around and you go into the other room and your children did something that you normally weren't bothered by. And they're like, well, you can't just shut up. Dang, dead. And then they go upstairs, I hate this place. Oh, you hate this place? Well, you're grounded. <laughs> and that infection just spread through everything else. It's amazing how that happens. You know, I've seen that happen a bunch of times. I remember I, I, I was in an elevator and everybody was laughing and joking in an elevator. And um, we were going up. I forgot what floor it was. But whatever it was, we were on the ground floor and it was a big ass building. We were going all the way up to the top floor, somewhere near the top floor. And one guy gets on the elevator and he's in a bad mood. And we're all having a good time laughing and joking about whatever was happening in the news or whatever. Just a nice little fluffy conversation in an elevator and we're having a great time. This guy gets in. And by the time we get from the 6th floor to maybe the 17th floor, you know, his attitude problem had actually infected everyone else. Now, the previous disease, the, I shouldn't say, uh, the previous infection of the, of the elevator was the infection of happiness. You know, everybody was kind of just sitting there, kind of be cool, kind of cooling out. One person comes in singing a song badly. We all start laughing at the song being sung badly. The person realized how badly they were singing, took the headphones off, and they go, oh, that was pretty bad, wasn't it? I said, you know what? That's not too bad. Is there any way we could all get earphones? I said that to her. And uh, we all started laughing at that. And then we're joking back and forth. And then, of course, Mr. Sourpuss gets on the elevator and infected everybody with that sourpussness. By the time we got to the 18th floor, everybody's like, yeah, whatever, motherfucker. Yeah, I hope y'all die, you bastards. Okay, it wasn't that bad, but you get the point. So you're just wondering, like, what the hell happened? Why, why do we choose to be so fucking miserable all the time? Why do we choose to battle all the time when we actually have the option of doing something else? We could be happy if we wanted to, in many cases. I'm not talking about one of those, de some delirious jackass type happiness where, you, where, you, where you're acting like an idiot and you're some kind of, you know, you know those people that are just too happy and you know for a fact, you just get this distinct feeling that they're too happy and they're covering up something. You know, they're laughing and joking and smiling and just, hey, everything's great. And you know, daggone well, they probably got like six people in the basement, you know, sharing the same sandwich for the past 10 years. Because nobody's that happy all the time unless you're rich and famous you know, or you're listening to my podcast, of course, that would make you that happy, as you as you people all know, in all the countries that are listening to me. <laughs> because you want to, really? No, really? Okay, whatever. But I often wondered about that, man. Why? why? Because, I mean, you know those moments when you when you watch something that's really funny uh, on television, or you, you listen to something that's really funny, 
uh, on a, on the radio or something like that. And you just kind of laugh and you kind of, for a moment, forget about all the shit that happened to you. You forget about the person that cut you off in traffic. You forget about the person that farted in the elevator and closed the door and you had to go up five floors. You forget about the person that stepped on your foot. You forget about the person that was just being a dick in whatever way they were being a dick that day. And that one thing made you laugh, made you smile, made you happy. And you forgot about all the battles that you had to go through during the course of your day. That moment came along pretty easily, didn't it? Just somebody saying something funny on the radio. Or maybe they said something that made you think and made you feel good in another way. Maybe because they, they, you related to what they were talking about. Or maybe it's because you just like the sound of their voice. Whatever it is, but for just a moment, you would just... All of that shit that was bothering you during the course of the day just went away somewhere. And the battle, just for a moment, <laughs> you weren't part of the battle anymore. And you're kind of happy. And then, boom, reality comes right back. You were happy for a moment, weren't you? Oh, hell no, it's me, reality. That's right. You thought that was a cute little song on the radio and you were enjoying yourself. You were thinking about your youth, weren't you? You were thinking about a pleasant time when you didn't have bills. You didn't have a wife and children or a husband and children or whatever kind, whatever your situation is. You were happy there for a moment, weren't you? Well, guess what? That song's off, you bastard. And it's not really that high on that radio station's playlist anyway. And guess what? You don't even remember what the song is called, so you can't even look it up on YouTube, can you? Ha! That's right. This is reality, you bastard. Now, now that that song's over, look out the car window. What do you see? That's right. It's traffic. Lots of traffic. You're going to be late to work. And you know how much your boss hates it when you're late for work? He's not going to listen to any kind of excuses. He's not going to realize that an airplane uh, dropped some chickens, some dead chickens onto the road and everything got shut down. He's going to say you should have left earlier, even though you did leave earlier, because he's an asshole. Ha ha ha. And that jerk off that you were competing with in the office, in the sales office, well, while you're sitting here for the hour that it's going to take you to get to the work, he's going to catch you in that sales contest. And in fact, he's going to pass you in that sales contest and you're gonna to have to work twice as hard to catch up to the bastard because you're gonna be behind Ooh, that's right oh by the way when you go home tonight remember how your wife said she was gonna have a special evening for you tonight which basically meant it was gonna be sex well guess what her sister fought with her husband and he is being an ass and she's gonna to come to the house and she's gonna to wanna to sit there and cry and talk to your wife and talk about how men ain't shit and they're both gonna hate you for three straight days and then when those three straight days are over guess what's gonna happen your wife's gonna have her period so there's gonna be another five days of her hating your guts <laughs> and guess what both of your kids are going to have big tests and both of those little jackasses remember when you sent them upstairs and told them to go upstairs and not come down till they were studying well they were so mad at you they were laying on the bed looking at the ceiling talking about how much I hate mom and dad and they didn't study and now they're going to have to study but they're going to want to have to study at the same time and you're going to have to help both of those little bastards study for this test that they're not prepared for at all and you know they're going to fail and when they fail you're going to have to ground them and when you ground them you're going to have to stay in the house with the little motherfuckers and it's all going to be on you I'm reality <laughs> you still thinking about that song buddy of course you're not you're thinking about me reality I'm what really happens to people 
You're not going to be happy anytime soon. You're not going to be happy until August when you go to Hawaii on that vacation. And I may let you be happy for a little while when you're on that vacation. But what's going to happen is I'm going to make sure that when you go into that hotel room, you're going to accidentally buy porno. But your wife isn't going to see the porno because it's going to be playing when you're outside in in, in the uh, outside on the beach. And she's going to come back. But it's not time stamped. She's going to think you were watching it while she was asleep. She's going to be upset with you. She's going to think you were pervert. She's going to be upset with you. And you're going to be fighting all the way back from Hawaii back to your hometown. And then when the Monday rolls around, because you'll be arriving really late on Sunday night, Monday rolls around and your miserable life goes right back to where it is. <laughs> I'm reality. Yeah. What do you mean you listen to the Yes, Anthony Says podcast? Wait a second. If you listen to the S. Anthony Says podcast, you're going to get to hear S. Anthony Thomas's smooth voice. You're going to get to hear his wonderful insight on things. You're going to get to hear funny stories that he sprinkles in there. You're going to be happy. I can't have that. Do not listen to the S. Anthony Says podcast. That guy is smooth and cool and funny and charming. And whatever you do, don't tell your friends to listen to the S. Anthony Says podcast because they'll also be happy with his incredible voice and his insight and his funny stories. Don't you dare do it. Don't you dare do it. Well, cats and kitties, dudes and dudettes, that has been this episode of the S. Anthony Says Podcast, also known as S. Anthony Says. You know who this is. This is S. Anthony, of course. I mean, I host my own podcast. I'm not going to have a substitute come in. You wouldn't put up with that, would you? You want to hear me, damn it. Of course you do. <laughs> Once again, guys, I want to thank you guys uh, for uh, for always for sticking with me and listening to all of this stuff and I noticed that uh, you guys like I said you keep going back and listening to all the old stuff and checking them out I appreciate that and uh, uh, just to let it in case there's someone new and of course there's usually someone new thank goodness uh, new people coming on the line just want to let you know that the home base of the podcast is santhonysays.podbean.com and the S. Anthony Says podcast is also on Stitcher Radio TuneIn Radio and iTunes uh, please follow me on Twitter at, at S. Anthony Thomas. And if you want to follow the Twitter for the podcast, it's, the, um, it's called uh, at S. Anthony Says. So they're both on Twitter. You're better off just following both of them because I'm double interesting. <laughs> really, you just listen to the podcast and you don't think so? Really? That's kind of hurtful. You know that you, you could have you could have said that after I, after the show was over. You didn't have to say it to me. That's mean. That's mean, damn it. <laughs> I want to say thank you very much, guys. I appreciate you guys checking me out on a weekly basis. Uh, that has been this week's episode of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. Much love to you all, my friends. Much love to you all. Much love to you in the United States. Much love to you in Great Britain. Much love to you in Australia and all the other countries that are that have, that have had people check it out. Uh, shout out to California. You are still the biggest part of the audience. Shout out to Pennsylvania, my original home state, uh, who is the second biggest uh, audience and uh, shout out to all the other states because y'all giving me love too and I appreciate it I will see you guys next week S. Anthony out go